first, and welcome back to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid. With me is ex-MLS goalkeeper Patrick McLean. What's up, guys? And World Cup superstar Saskia Weber. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, this is the second time we've been doing this, and uh, I'm not going to lie, guys. Uh, I don't want to do a third time. I want to <laughs> want to make sure this is the last time. For those of you guys unfamiliar, uh, this episode was supposed to come out last week, but uh, we had some technical difficulties. Like, literally, it was just like... <laughs> Yeah, we decided not to subject you all to that. Yeah. So uh, so we decided, you know what, we're like, Saskia, are you nice enough to come back? And she's of like, course. absolutely. I just don't want to do it again about <laughs> the same topics that we were doing. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to keep the same topics uh, <laughs> because this way, basically, like, we're going to do a better job than we did the first time, right? <laughs> you remember everything you said because that's what we're going to need you oh, to say I again. Always, I always <laughs> like the first take, right? It's more real, but we'll see. We'll see. No, it's not going to be artificial <laughs> in any way whatsoever, guys, uh, because honestly, I don't remember what we said. No, yeah. same. <laughs> so it's going to be pretty organic. It uh, was riveting, though. Yeah, it was riveting. Uh, guys, uh, before we get into today's episode, which is we're going to be talking about organization and how it separates, you know, a top goalkeeper from just a shot stopper, that sort of thing, uh, I want to first off thank everybody who's been out there. First off, all the insiders who've been reaching out and being like, hey, you know, uh, I was waiting for this episode. It didn't come out, but you put out this other one instead. That's really cool that you guys still have this information out there and you're always making sure that we got something to listen to. Uh, that means a lot to us because, you know, we're trying to make sure. And honestly, straight up, we thought about releasing that episode and we just said, you know what? Um, we, we expect better from ourselves and we expect we want more for you. So we want to make sure that you guys get good content and I'm glad you guys enjoyed that, uh, that interview with Todd Hofford. Uh, I think honestly that's a great topic. You know, clean handling is something that's Absolutely. very important. And uh, I'm glad you guys got a lot out of that. And also, thank you for everybody who's been sending in your reviews. You guys have been fantastic. Uh, we're at over 106 in the United States and over 120 internationally. So that's, that's a lot, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> keep sending them in. Uh, we want to meet uh, 200. Let's try to get uh, 150. 150 in the United States, guys, and then we'll get another scarf out to people. Um, by the way, uh, the winners still have not reached out to me. You have to DM or contact at Inside the 18 Media. Goalkeeper training underscore in Ireland. If you want your scarf, you got to reach out. And MKR15 in the United States as well, too. By the way, my favorite thing is they're probably going to listen to this episode like a month from now, and they'll be like, oh, oh. my gosh. Oh, <laughs> whoops. Yeah, probably should have listened to that episode. Uh, so let, let's start out with some of these uh, reviews uh, just to kind of get going um, because uh, we did this uh, last week, obviously, but uh, we want to make sure that you guys get the shout-outs that you guys deserve. Uh, so let's start off with uh, iHolm in 2020, uh, and it goes amazing and so very helpful, five stars. As a young goalkeeper myself, listening to this podcast has become a part of my game preparation and has helped develop me into a much better goalkeeper. I've recently made my high school varsity team, congratulations, as the starting goalkeeper and as a freshman, which is actually, that's uh, huge. Yeah, that's Amazing. awesome. Yeah. As a freshman on a team with seniors, I wasn't sure that I belonged or that I deserved to be in that position, but your podcast has helped me boost my confidence and my knowledge of the position as well as I feel like a leader on the field. You have inspired me to try and become the best goalkeeper I can possibly be. Your podcast has benefited me in ways I'm about to start tearing up. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. This is amazing. I can't even begin to explain. I am so grateful that there is someone like you out here to help young goalkeepers like myself develop and learn about the position of goalkeeping. My only question is, as a young goalkeeper in a city without an MLS team nearby, how can I follow my dream to become a professional goalkeeper? What are the most important things for me to do in order for me to have the best chance to reach my goals? 
Thanks so much, and keep up the great work. Uh, I, first off, uh, it's probably not I. It's probably like Isaac or, you know, something like that. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the shout-out. Uh, thanks for all that information. Um, congrats on starting varsity as a freshman. That, that's Absolutely. a pretty that's big huge. deal. Yep. Yeah. And I know that's difficult because, you know, obviously you're dealing with, you know, uh, 17, 18-year-olds and, you know, to be in that leadership position. Um, but just think of it this way. You wouldn't be in that position if you hadn't earned it and if they didn't respect you, you know. Um, so I want to kind of bring up this topic here of the MLS team thing because we're actually going to talk about some goalkeepers in the future in, the, in our week wrap-up that uh, didn't make it through the national team program and didn't come through an MLS academy, and, and now they're, they're playing at a very good level and they're playing at a high level. So anything's possible. So um, I, I want to start with uh, Patrick. Patrick here, you, you, you played in rural Wisconsin. So I did. Yeah, yeah. Once again, congratulations on making your, uh, your, your varsity team as a freshman. That's huge. I know you talk about. Um, I know you talk about not feeling necessarily like you belong, and I, I'd say to any goalkeeper who's in a similar situation, you belong because you were given that responsibility. So have confidence in yourself. the The other players will have confidence as long as you continue to work hard and do the right things. Uh, as for the question about not not having an MLS team nearby. That's not necessarily um, an issue. Obviously, these days it helps to be in an academy and to have those eyes early on, but it's not a necessity by any means. I would say as long as you are trying to find the best games, the best players, the best situation that you can find in your area, and that might that might mean commuting. Like uh, I know myself, I had to commute two hours each way to practice and, and games when I was in high school, and... And that's just what I knew that I had to do to to play with the best players that I could play with, and and that was that was my unique experience. But I would suggest uh, a similar a similar experience for anybody who wants to play at a higher level is you got to find the best players that you can around, and that's that's who you got to play against. Yeah, you know, Saskia, you've worked with players, you know, from the highest levels to to, to lower levels, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of times, you know, kids will be like, oh, I have to be on the best team. Um, in and in, in my area, in order to become the best goalkeeper I can be, that's not necessarily always the best case for the kid, right? Well, no, not necessarily. Like you want to find the the best training environment for yourself and what fits the best. I do agree. I traveled as well um, to play on the best team for myself um, when I was in club and stuff. I played in Long Island, and I'm from New Jersey. If that's not available to you, still find the best training. Still find the best challenge for yourself. And congratulations on making the high school team. I think sometimes we find kids get caught up playing with their friends and wanting to stay with their friends. But if those are your goals, to go on and play pro, then you kind of have to you have to choose what's best for you. Yeah. Your friends will be there. you got to choose what's best for you. I find that best team. And your friends are going to understand because your friends want the best for you, you know. Everyone's got a different motivation on what they want in life, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. And so, and, and another, I think, I love the fact that you said, you know, find the best training environment for you. Because what's the best training environment for Patrick might be a different best training environment for me. Yeah. It's about a coach that you, 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 you tick with. Uh, it's about a program that you feel, you know, a lot of times the number one ranked team in your area, it might not be the best goalkeeper training program for you, you know? So you gotta, you gotta really look and see what's going to make you the best player that you can be. What's going to give you best exposure. Uh, and uh, ultimately it's up to you to put the work in, you know, uh, along those lines also, I just want to mention, don't get discouraged if it's, if you're in a situation right now where 
it's not necessarily the best because ultimately it's up to you to decide what you get out of every training. Um, and if you just write somebody off for maybe not being the best goalkeeper coach, then chances are you're not going to learn anything yeah. from them. And that, that time, that energy that you spend trying to get better is just going to be wasted if you're, if you're not open-minded about, you know, those yeah. things as well. Yeah. And I like what you said about like necessarily playing for the number one team as a goalkeeper isn't the best exposure for you. Okay, like what what influence, what are you doing for the team? If you're playing on the number one team and you're not making any saves in the game and you give up one goal, welcome to my life on the national team, <laughs> then, you know, you have no saves and one goal against. But if you're playing for a good team, good coach, solid coach, maybe, maybe middle range, and you're making a difference every game, what you do in the game makes a difference, your saves, everything, now you're going to get noticed. You know, you want to be that, that game changer. I mean, look, that, that's, I'm just going to use an example right now that you're familiar with. Zach Steffen, who's on, on loan at uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf, you know, which is, a, for lack of a better term, a, a team that's a little struggling a little bit in the Bundesliga right now. But Zach's getting a lot of playing time there. He's getting a lot of shots on him. He's getting a lot of action. And it's ultimately going to make him a better goalkeeper. He's still playing at a very high level. He's playing in the Bundesliga against teams like Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund and Schalke and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's not just, you know, he's standing there, you know, right. he's, he's, it ultimately it's going to make him better. And that's why Man City sent him there because they knew that that was going to be the best environment for him to keep growing as a goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. I, I always think it's interesting and we can talk about this or not. Um, what is the right balance for a goalkeeper? Like, cause, uh, Sasuke said middle of the table. And I think that's a good point because I've definitely been on teams where I've been, when we've been at the bottom <laughs> of the table and I'm facing 20, 25 shots a game, that's you not, know? That's not good either. Right, because then you get kind of lumped into, yeah, maybe you made, maybe you saved 16 out of, out of 20, but you're still losing 4-0. Oh, when I played pro in Japan, we had just gotten moved up first division and we were getting spanked. Like, it was, it was horrible. It was great experience for me, but it, it, at the same time, that many shots, that many saves isn't good as well because you still want the people in front of you that are going to respond to your communication, your organization, which we're going to talk about. If you have players that aren't that good to the point that it's like 20 saves a game and stuff, well, then that can be a detriment as well, I think. I'm now really excited that we're now actually doing this episode again because <laughs> this is a wrinkle that I didn't even know about. And when we're talking about organization later, we need to talk to Sasuke about how she did that in Japan. Oh, it was, it was brutal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it put me on the World Cup team, though, I will tell you that. <laughs> my, uh, my, my point is, like, at what, at what level or where exactly do you go from being considered a, a winning player to maybe a losing player? And right. then those coaches aren't going to want necessarily a losing player, even if they are great. So it's 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 always interesting to me because oh, that's why I said a game changer. Yeah, like a middle of the table. So when you play that number one team and you're getting a lot of the shots, that save you make or those two saves you make, your team wins. And they might take that down the number one team all of a sudden because of what you've done in it. And I, that makes a difference. Yeah, it's almost a it's almost a, a situation of growing your. Um, growing your character as opposed Absolutely. to your reputation. Absolutely. And they talk about this a lot. A lot of great coaches have addressed this point and, and how important that is. And that's where that, you know, all the work that we put in comes in is that, that character growth instead of necessarily, oh, he's playing for the best, he, she's playing for the best right. team. 
they're not facing any shots. Maybe their reputation is up here, but their character and their ability to actually do what will be required of them in the future is maybe not as high. So Yeah. So basically what we're trying to say to you, I, is uh, make sure that you play for a low-tier high school. Um, <laughs> so you get a lot of shots, but not so bad. Not so bad that everyone just goes like, oh, Whatever. that person doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> so make sure you at least make the playoffs. Just make the playoffs. Barely make the playoffs because because of you. That's why they made the playoffs. Yeah. No, it was posted. No, uh, <laughs> watch their, their teams like the number one in the state or something like that. I'm well, like, no. Right, never mind. Never yeah, mind. yeah. You're already doing the right <laughs> yeah. thing. You're a yeah, freshman yeah. on varsity. Yeah. Keep, keep up the hard work yeah man. absolutely by the way I mean, we're probably talking like a full national teamer in one day uh all right let's move on to uh this next one this one uh goes goalkeeping 101 uh five stars uh so now it sounds like it's going to be like a tutorial on goalkeeping so <laughs> and he goes as a former goalkeeper from south california i really appreciate this podcast it allows for the youth and those that still like to be informed how and what is important in goalkeeping my question to you guys has the Mexican style, South American keeping style, gotten better over the years, or does the European style still reign supreme? Keep it up and keep up the goalkeepers educated. It's the most important position for a reason. Pat, shout out Ventura County Fusion. Goalkeeping from afar. Uh, I've never met anybody named Goalkeeping from afar, so I'm guessing that's a a handle of some sort. so anonymous person, thank you very much. You don't think that's a real name? <laughs> <laughs> what if the, the parents just assumed like they're going to be a goalkeeper? They're like, like in like in the in the womb. He's like, I don't know. He seems like he wants to catch something. So uh, that's going to be the name. Um, this is really an interesting uh, topic. It's kind of a slippery slope here. Uh, personally, you know, um, I know a lot of people who've had you know, let's just say negative uh, stigmas towards the South American style or Mexican style, if you want to call it that. I'd really say more of a a South American style and more of a kind of a cultural thing in regards to uh, a style of play. And nowadays, I think with the the modern game, it's all kind of blended together. Mm -hmm. Um, Players are playing from all over the world. You know, it's not like just guys in the EPL or or women in the the English league, you know, are are all from England, you know. So... You're getting exposed to so many different types of coaches out there. So, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I think that I, I think I agree 100. percent It's we're bl- it's more blended now. Yeah. It's not the way it used to be with Higita and the flamboyancy and the scorpion kick. And so I think that what you find now because of social media and because you bring it back. Because <laughs> 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 I'm wondering how his back feels. That's all I think. Um, because of social media, because you can find that coaching, I, it's more blended. You see a, a cross-cultural, one, more of a one-way style of playing goalkeeper. Yeah, because a lot of things from the South American style have been implemented in the, totally. in the modern Absolutely. European game, if you want to call it the yeah. European game. Uh, the block save, that, you know, that's, that's from the South American futsal. Yeah. Right. That, that, yeah. that came right there. Uh, the side volley, that, that's from the South American style as well, too. For sure. Uh, meanwhile, if you go look at Brazil. Uh, Allison Becker and you know and Ederson and all of that they uh, they're considered some of the top goalkeepers in the world mm-hmm. you know and they, they can handle the ball cleanly totally. in the air they're not slapping balls away or flying through the air or whatever people used to consider the yeah, South not, American not style not anymore that's yeah. for sure yeah. yeah you know so because again the world it's a small world now and people are being exposed to so many different things and I think in the past it used to be that people from one part of the world didn't want to learn from another part of the world. And now everyone's taking 
everything bit. from everybody. Exactly. Yeah, because I think you'll find like you have the South American players that are playing, you know, in the EPL or in the Bundesliga, and they're being coached by European goalkeeper coaches. But it's the other way around as well now. Yeah, but look at you, Patrick. I mean, you were you were playing in MLS, and there were coaches there from South America and yeah. coaches there from Europe. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I and old Americans too. I guess. I always like to say we're in like kind of a golden age of goalkeeping right now, is it because the information is so prevalent and our ability to access that information is so prevalent with Instagram, with all these different platforms of not only streaming actual soccer games, but all the trainings and yeah. all the, the best behind the scenes stuff that in the past you just didn't have access to. And, and seeing what those are is creating kind of this, this whole new breed like of goalkeeping and it's and it's really special it's a really special time to to be around i think in the past people were kind of just excluded to the area in which they were they were familiar with like if i grew up here in the united states i probably grew up watching similar goalkeepers to um to marcus hanneman or to casey keller right. and that's that's kind of the style that you begin to develop because you see them as being the top now, with, with the age of goalkeeping where it is, you have access to see every goalkeeper all over the world. Well, yeah, now that the U.S. is, now television-wise, you, you can watch any league. You can fall in love with that whatever league fits you, and you can, you can follow your favorite goalkeeper, where before <laughs> there was nothing on television, and, you know, or it was just the EPL. But now you, you can really follow those keepers and find your niche, but I think everybody it's gotten a lot tighter yeah. the, the quality i mean even from the last world cup to this world cup for the women i thought you know 2015 how outstanding was the was the, was the world goalkeeping goalkeeping in this world cup was unbelievable unreal and in 2015 was not like it, <laughs> there was such a difference but i think that's part of you know the metamorphosis of all of this like it was outstanding yeah it's it's crazy because i feel like each goalkeeper even though there are certain expectations of each goalkeeper there are just there's just as much individuality when you look from one goalkeeper to the next and what i love and what i loved about um playing so much and 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 researching and studying is i could find say a goalkeeper who's playing in argentina mm -hmm. and he just he's deciding to solve a problem in a certain way that i had never personally thought of and now that that information I'm able to access that, which I don't think we've we've had that in the past. And now it's like you're finding uh, these goalkeepers who have different aspects of goalkeeping from all over the world because they've seen something. They've seen a way to solve a problem, and they're like, dang, that works. Let me try that. Oh, it works for me too. Yeah. And that's how we that's how we grow as goalkeepers and as, you know, as a goalkeeping culture, as a union. For yeah. Sure. Speaking of the union, we have uh, somebody who met you, met you at an ID camp, <laughs> and uh, Isabel, I know you've UCLA been UCLA camp. Yeah, you've been you've been chomping at the bit to uh, to talk <laughs> to Saskia. I mean, she's by the way. I thank you for your patience. Uh, we again, we wanted to, I wanted to even just send you that clip 
just so that you could get your answers, uh, you know, for the questions from last week. But honestly, we were like, you know what, we're just going to re-record and, and we're going to do it again because it's, it's just going to sound better. And you know what, I'm probably going to sound, you know, a little bit more uh, eloquent than I did the first <laughs> time. And so now uh, Saskia is going to give a better answer for you. So uh, <laughs> thank you again for the 17 questions that you brought to our attention. Uh, we'll make sure to try to answer uh, as many as we can uh, in the future. But right now, because we want to move on a little bit, uh, we're just going to start with one. And, and the one is uh, to you, Saskia, is uh, since you've become a coach, what qualities do you admire most when looking at goalkeepers? Um, I feel that goalkeepers have to have this ability to – you have to have a strong back, like – broad shoulders. You have to be able, especially starting from a young age, you're going to get a lot of goals scored on you. You know, we see our youth um, club teams and stuff, and the score is like eight to five. <laughs> you know, it's, it can get crazy, but to be able to get through that in your head, um, stay positive and realize what you have to develop, it's going to come. Um, and, and just don't get frustrated. I, I like that in goalkeepers. I, I don't want to see goalkeepers that like spend... 90% of my time like trying to like cheer up or pick up off the ground. This is a really tough position emotionally and mentally. You have to be strong. You have to be able to say, all right, this happened. Okay, that was my fault. How do I make it better? Okay, that was your fault. How do we make that better? Um, and just be a natural leader. That's what I also look for. Look for. By the way, Isabel, uh, I'm glad that you uh, worded this in a way that it goes uh, so that the NCAA cannot uh, come after you uh, or Saskia in any way whatsoever. Uh, what qualities do you admire when looking at goalkeepers that may be interested in going to UCLA? I don't know. Just uh, uh, <laughs> what, if that, what if that's actually what it said? No, I, I know. Uh, actually, Isabel's playing at a very high level. She's playing for San Juan in the ECNL. Shout right. out. Uh, to you because you're obviously killing it. I see your Instagram all the time. Huge insider, by the way, Isabel. Thank you so much for, uh, for your support. Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, natural leader. Yeah. Take, take control. You might not be the captain of the team, but I always say goalkeepers are automatically captains. Yeah. Uh, let's just open up to Patrick, too. Why not? Oh, why, why not? Yeah, Isabel, you, do you want to hear from Patrick? Maybe she <laughs> does. I don't know. <laughs> so. um, let's see. Since you've become a coach, what qualities do you admire? Well, I've, I haven't been coaching for very long, but I, I Humble think... Humble brag, you've been playing for a while? Okay. That's yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest quality that I look for in um, anybody that I work with, because over the years, I, I tend to maybe take on one or two goalkeepers a year, like wherever I'm playing, and it's just people that I see something in. And it, what I would say that I like the most is somebody who has like a growth mindset. Mm. And if you're not familiar with a growth mindset, it's somebody who is constantly wanting to learn as opposed to somebody who is being uncoachable and thinks that they know what it all means already. Because I can tell you, I've been doing this for 25 years yeah. and I, I don't have all the answers. Like <laughs> there's still a lot of people who know a lot more than I do. And what I admire and what I, I like to see in the the kids the students that I work with is that growth mindset and that 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 just hunger to learn and to grow and to get better and that's what I love about your questions mm -hmm. Isabel like like we 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 laugh amongst us but this is awesome like this is this is exactly the type of goalkeeper that I personally was Absolutely. and like I think just, just keep that. Don't lose that. Yeah, it's hard. Y you run into those players that that are un. I never thought I'd say that word. Are uncoach are uncoachable. uncoachable. Yeah. And uh, you know, I had that experience like two years ago. 
and you know, I'm just like, no, I, I but it's that person that's constantly combative and doesn't want to learn and doesn't want to listen and, you know, thinks they know it better. I don't know everything either, but I'm, I think I know a, a little bit to, te <laughs> to yeah. teach you and listen and want to grow and I agree, your questions are incredible. And, you know, I'll answer all of them. Yeah, Trust yeah we'll, we'll get you guys, we'll get, we'll get you guys connected. Uh, in a non-recruiting uh, standpoint. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a college coach, so we're cool. <laughs> Technically, you're okay, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Technically, you're okay. Um, all right, let's move on to this next question because it's going gonna, it's gonna to segue right into, uh, into our topic uh, of, of the week. By the way, guys, there's so much going on right now. And again, we wanted to release this last week. So, so much is happening. We're going to actually do a bonus episode later with the week in goalkeeping. We're going to wrap up all the different events. So make sure after you listen to this episode to download the next episode, because we're going to do it in a two way split that way. The people who want to just hear the meat and potatoes, you know, to quote John Bush, uh, they'll get that. And then those of you guys who want to hear our you know, our, our thoughts on highlights and all that sort of stuff, you guys can get that episode yeah. too. Um, so let's go on to Connor Culp from Baltimore. And uh, Connor, we're definitely going to have to meet when we go to convention uh, January 14th to the 19th. UnitedSoccerCoachesConvention.org. No, uh, it's a terrible plug right there. That was horrible. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, there, that one is not going to go in an ad read. Um, this one goes, this is for Mike. I'm 5'6 at 16 and not getting much taller. I feel the struggle of height prejudice, general shot stopping and basic aspects of goalkeeping aside. Is there anything I can do to improve all other parts of my game to set myself apart? I've always prided myself on being good in the air due to my jump timing and aggressiveness. Um, well, well, thanks, Connor. I'm not 5'6". Uh, I'm a little bit taller than 5'6". I might be, you know, 5'6 and a quarter. Uh, no, I'm 5'8 I'm and a quarter, according to the doctor. In the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, when the, when the wind is going the right direction. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, dude, um, we're going to talk about, uh, in the week in goalkeeping, we're going to do our, our little talk about Nick Raimondo. And, uh, you know, we, I just mentioned John Bush on meat and potatoes. You know, not the tallest goalkeepers in the world. Fabian Bartez was not one of the tallest goalkeepers in the world. Um, you know, Campos. Yeah, Jorge Campos. Yeah. You know, he was about 5'5". Five, five. Rene Higuita. You know, yeah. the Scorpion guy, he, he wasn't that, that big a goalkeeper either. Um, I think goalkeeping is a mindset more so than physical attributes. You know, I know a lot of – we were just discussing a 6'8 goalkeeper mm -hmm. uh, and saying, you know, does he have the attributes, you know, to play at a high level, you know, because goalkeeping, I think, is much more inside than it is all of this, you know, and, and I'll let you guys, you know, who are much taller than me, you know, discuss I was about to say this. Yeah. I got you through, didn't it? Yeah. Keep telling yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell me what it's like up there, guys. Tell me what it's like up there. I um, was I, there up there. I, th I think, honestly, and you know, being, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. That's a small Yeah. Having a height issue. What's what's the best way to phrase that? What's the most politically <laughs> I know, I correct way? No, he's quick off his line. What are you? Is he like in, my favorite is like when, when coaches would be like, no, he's like, it's good because like the thing is, it's like, you know, he those can get low down really fast. He can get down to those low <laughs> shots, you know? He's very compact. Yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think obviously the best way to deal with it is um, positioning and make sure you have quality positioning. And, you know, this sounds weird, but off the field training as well. You've, um, if, if your height challenged, however you want to say that, um, you have to have some ups. You have to be able to get up. You have to be a Muggsy Bold and be able to slam the ball. You're probably t way too young to know who that is. I know. But, <laughs> but you, have, you have to work on that stuff, too, whether it's box jumps, whether it's, you know, clean and jerks, whatever. You have, to, you have to have the ability to get up with your timing, with your positioning, and get the ball. Because it is a must in goalkeeping. You have to be able to take down a cross. Um, but I would say, number one, absolutely positioning. 
I love that crossover, by the way, the crossover to basketball. I'd say the more <laughs> relevant version would be Nate Robinson. Yeah. Yes. See, I, I aged myself. Yeah. <laughs> With the Lexi <laughs> Bogues reference. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone Spud Webb, you know, which, which slam dunk contest, Nate Robinson slam dunk yeah. contest. Those this are, guy throws it down, and he's Nate like. Nate Robinson's unreal. Yeah. He's like 5'6". Okay, Nate Like, I unreal. Yeah. Well I, mean, well, I mean, I mean, look, at even, even Isaiah I, I, T, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, before his injury, you know, he could throw it down, too. Yeah. Although he never did in games and stuff. Although he did do it in an all-star game. Look, wow, this is like a totally different podcast. This is, this is our point. This is our point, though. To be, I mean, this is. <laughs> if you want to hear our basketball podcast, <laughs> that'll be coming out next. <laughs> We're adding that to our. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what my my point was, where I was going with that is, he just decided that it, he wasn't gonna let that stop him because I'm sure if anybody's gonna face height prejudice, it's gonna be a guy like that. It's gonna be people that are in a position where the people they're competing with are like six ten. Right. You know, they're massive. But he's he's so skilled and he found the way to be, you know, to to make it work for him and to be an asset to a team. And the same thing is is completely relevant in this circumstance. And we're gonna talk about it later on with Ramondo and Nick or and John Bush. Yep. And uh just I would say for somebody who is height challenged I like how just use this as an example. It's just like this big point. point. I, no, I was actually I was actually gesturing to Saskia because she <laughs> she phrased it so well. <laughs> for for those of you who are you know facing this same battle, this uphill battle, I would say that one of the things that Nick and John Bush do so well is their controllables. Like if you pay attention to the things in a game that they can control, they can't control a, a ball going into the upper corner. Like that's probably just a good shot or whatever. But any situation that involves something they can control, they do it almost perfectly. Yeah. And that was one of the first things that I personally noticed about John Bush and why I, I took such an interest in him and his career is everything that he can control Everything inside his window, everything that he can do to affect the game in a positive way, he does. And I, I love that. Yeah, like, I think we said uh, Nick Ramondo is the same way. Like, Nick Ramondo is ex exactly perfect, the same way. Perfect what you can. Yeah. And, and one of the things that Nicky does so well is he just – his positioning. Saskia mentioned it earlier. His positioning, he is, he is one or two steps ahead of whatever is taking place on the field. So – just because somebody says, oh, you got to be a certain height, think about how else you can be of value. I mean, Nicky does it with his feet, with his, I mean, with his hands. Yeah, his decision-making. I don't know if you, you remember uh, playoffs a couple years ago. And it's very vague for those of you who are, who are listening. But I think they were playing against Portland. And it was towards the end of the game. Portland's got basically a, a breakaway. There's a player running uh, right down the middle of the field. The guy with the ball, it's like a two-man two break, right? He whips it across, and Nikki, Nikki is already on already. this, like, 16 yards out to deal with this because he knew as soon as that outside player put his head down that he was crossing that ball into the inside. And he, he makes this play that a lot of goalkeepers don't even think about doing. And just because he's willing to gamble and to make – to, to do what he has to do to positively infect that game. And yeah. he's also a step ahead. He's reading the game so well 
which is just such an asset that he gets that jump. He gets, and that's all, that's what it takes. And speaking of reading the game, I kind of want to use that to segue into organization, because you know part of positioning, part of reading the game is having your team in a nice solid shape, which allows you those opportunities to to be in the right position and to be able to cut off those angles and those sorts of things, and allows you to. You know, basically, you're talking about those controllables. You know, when your team is positioned right, when your team is organized, it makes your controllables much easier. You know, because things things are the game is kind of being played to you rather than you playing to the game. So, for those of you guys out there who might not be familiar with what organization is, maybe you're a parent out there or a younger goalkeeper, and, and you're not familiar with the terminology, Saskia, can you kind of explain what organization is? Well, it. it it's organization. Um, it's literally <laughs> verbally con um, organizing your team in front of you. you it, it's, it's a chess match in front of you. You have to be able to manipulate the game in front of you as a goalkeeper to make what I consider the best save, which is no save at all. Um, I like those saves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that means that you are, everybody on your team's on the same page. So if you're telling Jan on the outside, right, to push somebody wide, she knows what you're saying. You, you want the terminology to be correct. You want your whole defense, everybody to understand. Quick sound bites, organization, where to push the ball, but it's, it's quick. It's not a repetitive thing. If you're organizing the weak side, make sure that, you know, Jan, watch your inside man. Jan, watch, watch weak side. That's the end of it. Then focus on the ball. Putting all those pieces in the right place in the game makes it so predictable, and it makes it makes the shot on goal, what you want is for that, that attacker to see nothing but you. And that's what you're doing in front of you organizational-wise. You're, you're manipulating it to either make no save or the easiest save at all. Yeah, and I think... Uh, Did that make no, it made a lot yeah. of sense. And yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad, first off, that your player went to Jan because I remember what happened when she went to Sally <laughs> last week when we did this the first time. She I went changed to the name. Sally was always out of position. So <laughs> Jan, Jan, at least, Jan is on point. <laughs> Jan's on point. Jan's, Jan's on point. <laughs> but I think, I think what we talked about uh, last week, which is a good point and bring it up again, was everybody's got to be on the same page. What I don't like is when coaches or parents come to me because as a goalkeeper coach, other coaches are like, why isn't Jan, why isn't Pat, who's my goalkeeper in this situation, you know, uh, why, <laughs> why isn't she communicating or stuff like that? Yeah. But make sure that your team knows the communication, knows the words, knows the verbiage, get your defense together, practice it. These are our pinpoint words, clear, away, keeper, um, force them right, force them left, weak side. Everybody's got to know what that means. Yeah. So Patrick, how do you how do you know if your team Pat's in goal for me? Yeah, Pat's in goal <laughs> for you. So Patrick, how do you know if Jan's organized? How do you know if she's in position? Uh, no, no. How how do you know? Uh, I mean, if your team is if your back line is organized. Honestly, a lot of that comes from coaching and just from going through it for hours and hours and hours. Which, I mean, that's what it's got to be. It, and that's you not only need to know what your role is, you need to know the other players' roles. Absolutely. And I was told this from a pretty early age, like you need to know everybody's role because you need to know how their role and them knowing how to do their role <laughs> affects your role, <laughs> if that makes no, sense. No, it, it makes a hundred, yes, and, absolutely. And uh, yeah, just, I think, uh, I think that's so important and it, it really comes from clear, concise coaching from the head coach as to what your your defensive structure is, what your overall structure is, 
where you're going to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and how you solve those problems. Yeah, it definitely comes from the coach. I, like I said, I, I can't stand when coaches is like, so-and-so doesn't communicate. What do you want them to communicate? Like, have you done choreography with your team? Have you slowed everything down and said, in this situation, you know, this is where you're supposed to be, this is where you're supposed to be, and Pat, you're the one that has to look over and make sure everybody, and then it filters forward. Your center backs, everybody, same communication, same terminology. But unless the coach is doing it, it's not just going to happen. Yeah. And one, one, <laughs> one example that I would love for a lot of you young goalkeepers out there to, to, to watch is Jan Oblak with Atletico Madrid. Um, because that's a very organized back line. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people out there who are not goalkeeper exp- aficionados don't understand why Jan Oblak is such a great goalkeeper. Because it's not the most exciting goalkeeping in the world. Um, it's not flashy. Um, but they're always organized, and he always gets to make the simple save. And that's what you want. And that's what you want. And that's why, that's why as a goalkeeper, you should watch what Jan is doing off the ball. And if you can just go back Absolutely. and just watch, just go on, on YouTube, maybe not YouTube, maybe maybe actually DVR some Atletico games and actually watch off the ball what he's doing. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times with YouTube, it's just going to be the, the, the highlights of yeah. you know, the top-hand corner save, and yeah. you know, which, is, which is great and all that, but that's not goalkeeping. Right. Goalkeeping is, is this stuff. Goalkeeping is, you know, making sure that, that, that your system of play, you know, your back line is keeping that system of play in order. And, you know, one of the things that I always see is a lot of times, and we're going to talk about it earlier, is when you're, you're disorganized, it leads to bad situations. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm a good good example is like how many times have you practiced your walls like do your substitutes know where their role is when they come into the wall all your goalkeeper should have to do in a free kick situation is to call out the number in the wall and to get on their near post and organize it that should be it but anybody coming into that game should know should know who the person is that steps in front of the ball should know who is in a two-man to three-man to four-man wall who's just the one person that's up in front like I know you laughed when we talked about this you're like were you just on the most organized teams ever I, <laughs> and I go kind of yeah <laughs> kind of was oh really the U.S. U.S. Women's National Team was one of the most organized yeah, teams ever. But we practiced this stuff. Like, we did this all the time. Yeah. And like I said, not just with your starting players. Right. It's with your substitutes. It's with anybody that can be in that situation. So, you know, whether it's corner kicks, how you set up corner kicks, you have to practice this stuff. That's organization. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about set pieces and corners because this is, I think, one of those panic situations I see a Always. lot with young goalkeepers. And it's literally like – because they – they don't f- they don't seem confident a lot of times like they're like get on my get on my near post no 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 not you 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 right, and, right. and 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 if the if the other if the players are hearing the lack of confidence in your voice whether you're right or wrong it doesn't matter but you need to you need to be confident because they're going to feel better and they're going to have that that kind of energy and you know yeah maybe that wasn't the right player to play on that post right there maybe this, uh, there, another there. player would have been a better player but they're there and it, at least you know you made a decision you know right. and that's especially when you're a young goalkeeper and you're learning just learning how to make decisions whether they're right or wrong you know you're going to learn from them yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry go ahead. yeah totally um, and honestly if if your goalkeeper is in that situation it's probably due to poor head coaching I mean, if I'm if I'm being really critical, because if if there's no communication to them as to exactly what they're supposed to organize, and if the players around them don't know what they're supposed to they be should, doing, absolutely. I mean, there's already a lot that us as goalkeepers we have to know, and we have to see, and we have to, <laughs> and we got to focus on this ball that's about to be whipped into our box no. into a dangerous <laughs> into a dangerous area. 
And if that's not your focus, chances are you're going to be focused on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, granted, there are situations where you have to make an audible, right? Like you have to, you have to see something that's happening that's outside your plans and your coach's plans. And you say, Hey, I need to fix this. I need to, maybe a guy steps into your area and is unmarked, a guy or girl steps into your area unmarked and you have to pull somebody in to cover that person. Situations like that, yeah, that's on you. But the overall general shape of these set pieces should be dictated to you by your your leader. Absolutely. I, I, it's 100%. It's all your coach's fault, guys. It, no, but it, is, it is. In this situation, it is. And I've seen time and time again where coaches are like, oh, you know, we, we need to go over free kicks because we had a free kick this weekend in a game. I'm like, this is something you need to do all the Every time. Every week, yeah. yeah. You yeah. need to have sessions where at the, for 20 minutes or 10 minutes at the end of your session, line up and do corner kicks. Line up and do a couple free kicks. Or when you're doing scrimmages, you know, w- inner club scrimmages, do controlled scrimmages. Stop, call a free kick. Yeah, have do them it. Sa- I, We did that all the time on the U.S. team, all that time, all the time in college, everything. Controlled scrimmages are huge. Have somebody out there say, oh, free kick right there. And then see what happens. And it's instant. And, and it, that helps. Yeah, and have them run it five times. Absolutely. And just so you, you keep seeing the same situation or the same version of the situation maybe you move the ball 10 yards but you say hey run it again hey run it again okay here's where we broke down here's where we fixed it this is what we need to do next time and then you just you just kind of gain this more uh this this greater awareness of exactly what it is you're supposed to be doing and you can and you can fill in those gaps in information on the fly Now, young goalkeeper coaches out there listening to this, because I think this is really important for you, you know, because you're working with a lot of head coaches, and you need you need to bring these things up to the coaches sometimes, especially at the, at the club level where you're working with multiple teams at, at a time. It's not your job just to run goalkeeper sessions and be like, okay, well, we're doing some shot shot stopping, we're some footwork and handling, maybe some distributions, Duh. and and then and then I wash my hands of these kids type of thing. You need to need to know what's going on at the club with these teams. You need to talk to these coaches who are around and say, hey, how'd they play this weekend? What happened? Blah blah blah. Oh, you know what? You should go over this with them, you know, and make sure that when you're doing set pieces with them, that they're listening to this, that sort of thing, because that's a goalkeeper coach as opposed to a goalkeeper trainer in my absolutely, opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you have to you have to know what your kid you can't go to every game on the weekend. I get that. I have the same issue. But at least I get a report back and coaches are open to say, hey, um, you know, Finn different Finn. Finn, <laughs> Finn was um, kind of a little bit behind his wall on a free kick that went into the upper 90 and this and that and the other and getting a breakdown of it and understanding if your if your keeper that you're training was out of position and and how to, but your coaches have to verbalize that as well and want to learn. You c- it can't just be like, oh, we got scored on a free kick this weekend. Well, have you practiced them? Why don't we, why don't I come over to the practice today and why don't we go over it? Why don't we, I'll stand in goal with the goalkeeper and make sure they're setting themselves right. Make sure they're setting the wall right. You have to get it done. Yeah, and y- young goalkeeper coaches out there, and you know, don't, don't let the head coaches be territorial. You know? Please. Don't, don't do that. Because a lot of times it's just a lack of lack of education or understanding of what you can bring to the table. You know, they're they're not aware of what you can bring to the table. And you know what? They Make d- yourself and they really don't know. No, yeah, honestly, uh, honestly, they, I was I was gonna ask Saskia. <laughs> I was like I was gonna say, what percentage of head coaches do you think actually that you've had 
actually know goalkeeping. They don't. And I thank God I work with head coaches that are humble enough to, to admit that. Just like I'm humble enough to admit certain things I don't understand about coaching field players. Same. But, but that communication has to be because 90% don't understand goalkeeping. They don't know what the view is from that from that position, how to set people up, why you do certain things. And even in training, like positioning, body weight, everything. I have coaches that have looked at me and be like, I had no idea that you're supposed to be like body weight forward and attack the ball at this angle. I go, no, we're not just clones. We don't just stand back there and hopefully get <laughs> yeah, hit yeah, by yeah, the yeah. ball. <laughs> you know? But they don't know. Yeah. And the, with that, with that lack of knowledge, there's such like misconceptions as to how to solve problems. Absolutely. And so, so let's let's talk about what a young goalkeeper out there who, let's just say, they don't know what to do in, in an organization standpoint. Again, we're saying get clear, concise, and direct with your communication. You know, have a good rapport with your goalkeeper coach and with your head coach. Um, but what on themselves, what individually can they do? Like, what are three bullet points that you would give them that would help them organize? My number one thing is um, direct communication. It's... Um, Always identify whoever you're talking to by name. Uh, you can, and I always use the analogy that it's the 911 analogy where if there's a group of people and there's an accident, you say somebody called 911, nobody's going to call 911. But if you say, Pat, <laughs> pressure that ball, right? If Mike, pressure that ball. Now the responsibility is designated to that person and they will get it done. Yeah. If you say, hey, step to the ball and you're crazy, nobody's going to get it done. Move they're, right. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna point the finger and everybody else, kind of like the, the game clip that we'll have <laughs> later from the um, MLS game. Yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of that, guys, uh, we're like I said, we're going to split up this episode into two different pieces. You know, so for those of you guys, you know, who are not interested in the highlights. By the way, for those of you guys who think that we just do highlights like Sports Center, we don't. We actually break it down from a goalkeeping standpoint, and it's actually really beneficial to you guys. So for the for everybody who just said, turns it off at around forty five minutes and goes, well, the topic's done with. <laughs> I don't I don't really care about NWSL or whatever. You know, and I'm just using NWSL as an example. <laughs> Maybe they're wrong. Maybe hurt. the wrong choice right there. But you, you know what I mean. I'm like, not just, hurt. Just a random league. It's Again, okay. I'm not. <laughs> you're making, I'm making it better. So much it's harder. okay. You're, you're, if you don't care about. Your height challenge. <laughs> I'll forgive you. If you don't care about the English championship, uh, you know, and you don't like, well, I don't, I don't care about what happened with, you know, uh, Leeds, you know, this weekend. <laughs> Uh, trying to save you're himself. losing out because we're breaking these down from a goalkeeping standpoint. And there's a lot of teachable moments in totally. a lot of these games. But then again, that's a good way to also learn organization. Yeah. Is absolutely. to listen to this kind of stuff and see it from our perspective and understand why this happened. Because, you know, we'll also pick apart the defense that messed up as well and, and tell you where you should have forced the ball. Yeah. What was wrong. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's my, that's my number one bullet point. Yeah. Designate I responsibility. Yep. I would also say that – know what the most important uh, communication is in that moment. So if there's, a, if there's a ball that's, you know, in an immediate scoring opportunity, don't be talking to somebody that's 40 <laughs> yards away, you know? That, I mean, that goes without saying, but the more direct you are, A, and the more specific you are, B, is going to help everybody. Like I, I, I was always taught name and direction, name Absolutely. and direction. And so it's specific Sally step, right. Or Sally. <laughs> Sally step, you know, it's just, it's very specific, very concise gets, gets whatever you need done in that moment done quickly. 
Yep. Yeah, I think I, I think I find with younger goalkeepers and stuff, when they learn, oh, I have a voice and I can start speaking, now you just start chatting away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, now stop talking. Um, so you don't want to be that joystick goalkeeper where you're telling everybody what to do, even if you're on offense and everything. People are going to tune you out. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be name, direction, precise. Keep it to defense, in my opinion. Like, I, there's no reason you really need to be telling your offense what to do. Just like you don't want an attacker yelling keeper for you, which is a humongous. Oh, pet there's peeve. nothing worse than like. Have you ever had a, like a, like a sub or something like that, and they're walking yeah. by and they're telling you what to do? Or like they call keeper oh, and man. you weren't going to come for that ball, and yeah. now it's just. I a just debacle. shred those oh. people. I, yeah. So, <laughs> so just yes, exactly, precise, and don't. Don't talk too much. Yeah, you're gonna, don't be a sportscaster. Don't be yeah, doing play exactly. by play, play by play because, you know, cross it. It's like, dude. like Nobody's the, listening no to you. No one's listening to you. And then when you have something you need to say, nobody's listening to you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because, it's, because it all becomes, you know, white noise. Kind of like last week's episode we recorded. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of white noise. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with the weekend goalkeeping. Um, for those of you guys who uh, are not going to be tuning into the next episode, contact at insidethe18media.com if you want to you leave a message and, and find a, a different guest that you want to have on. Not a different guest. That's not a terrible. I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Another Saskia, we love guest you. Suggestions. I'm losing my voice here. You know what, do, I need, do I need to sit between you? I know. If you have questions for me, you can check me <laughs> out. Yeah, Sas- yeah. Saskia Weber on Instagram. It's just at Saskia Weber. <laughs> um, d- uh, send me a message there. I'll answer your questions. Even about height and everything like that, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Isabel, reach out to Saskia. <laughs> like, you've gotten a little shorter. You're kind of... You're kind I of, have. I've gotten way shorter right here. I'm trying to hide behind. I'm <laughs> literally hiding behind this thing. Oh, this is why we do this stuff, guys. Uh, Patrick, where can people reach out to you? Uh, yeah, you can just find me at Inside the 18 as well or at my, uh, my personal Instagram and Twitter. Just Patrick McLean, 24. All right. Uh, we may just completely delete all of this right here. Uh, no, no. Contact it inside the 18 mediacom If you're looking uh, for a specific topic that you'd like us to discuss or if you want Saskia to come back, please let us know that you want her to come back. Gosh, you're trying to make up for it. Oh or if you God. want a new host. <laughs> <laughs> let us know. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, guys. We're going to take a break, and then we're back, back with the weekend goalkeeping. See, See you. Yeah. Yeah.